District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about the organization, visit www.cfact.org. Welcome to episode 180. This is your host, Gabriella Hoffman. I'm going to be talking about some headlines related to firearms and concealed carry for you all on this special installment of District of Conservation. I'm going to talk about a bill that is in the Senate and also in the House that's very fascinating. I'm going to talk about a brand new political action committee that one of the nation's foremost concealed carry organizations has started. And I will update you guys about Texas becoming the next state to adopt constitutional carry after much reluctance. So I will break those stories for you all in this episode today. There is good legislation, bad legislation that always occurs in Congress. And I'm going to preface this conversation by saying that the likelihood of this bill passing, unfortunately to me, seems very slim given just the makeup of Congress right now and given the administration. There's no likelihood that President Biden would ever sign a bill to especially lower the age by which people can purchase firearms or obtain firearms. But I do like the concept of this bill. And this is from Senator Cynthia Lummis, who we've previously had here on the podcast, but she and a few other members have introduced what is called the SAME Act. And she introduced this in late April, April 27th. And she basically wants to make it so with the SAME Act or the Second Amendment Mandates Equality Act of 2021 to reinstate the right of adults between the ages of 18 and 20 to purchase a handgun from a federally licensed dealer. And she's co-sponsoring this with Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi, Staines of Montana, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, Mike Braun of Indiana, Mike Crapo of Idaho, and Jim Risch of Idaho, and also a House component with Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky uh, to repeal a law that prevents adults under 21 from buying a handgun. And in her statement relating to the bill, Senator Lama said the Second Amendment is a constitutional right and does not treat 18-year-olds as second-class citizens. She said, in keeping with the Supreme Court's Heller decision of 2008, the same act would overturn our current restrictive anti-handgun statute and ensure equal treatment under the law for adults under 21. Ultimately, if we trust 18-year-olds to defend our country and to choose our elected officials, we should trust them with enough to purchase a handgun. And this stems from an argument where if we're sending 18-year-olds to go fight in battle to do all these different things to vote, they should be able to purchase handguns. So that's an argument that uh, Senator Lummis and others are trying to make. Like I said, I think the likelihood of this passing, sadly, won't materialize. But I do like the concept because if you're a responsible adult, you should be able to purchase a firearm legally, handguns or otherwise. Maybe in the future, if a Republican administration comes back, this could be explored. But for now, I don't see it moving, sadly, aside from discussion or committee. But it's an interesting concept. So look into the same act if you're interested. And it's an interesting topic that they're exploring. Also, the foremost concealed carry organization in the country, the U.S. Concealed Carry Association, the USCCA, last few weeks, I believe it was mid-May, unveiled a new political action committee called the U.S. Concealed Carry Association for Saving Lives, which will educate and grow support for national concealed carry reciprocity bills. And they shared this exclusively with Fox News a few weeks ago to highlight that this new committee is, quote, dedicated solely to advancing the interests of 
responsible gun owners and their ability to better protect themselves and their loved ones no matter where they are. And the Fox News article reads more like this. The group says its new PAC will also advocate for the importance of firearms, training, education, and push to remove barriers that it says, quote, hinder the ability of gun owners to protect their families. And this kind of goes alongside the efforts of Republican lawmakers in the House and Senate who have been introducing national concealed carry reciprocity bills. And they would support members of Congress fighting to pass these measures. Again, the likelihood of these passing federally sadly don't stand a chance given just the current political makeup. However, as I'll talk about in this next story about constitutional carry from Texas, kind of adjacent to uh, national reciprocity efforts, in recent years, gun rights organizations have been lagging in terms of competitiveness, fundraising dollars. A lot of gun control organizations, those that build themselves as gun safety organizations, have been outraising organizations like the NRA, Gun Owners of America, and many others who used to be able to dominate. Certainly, they have been able to capitalize on fears and different things, but I think now with more groups forming different political action committees and efforts. It can help fill a void that has been kind of left from certain groups, kind of withdrawing a little bit or scaling back funding or fundraising efforts. And this is very different from standard Second Amendment rights. This is specifically for advancing concealed carry legislation and efforts. I have no doubt supporting candidates who support concealed carry reciprocity or concealed carry in general. So I look forward to learning more about that. I don't Like I said, I don't think they're going to be able to pass concealed carry legislation right now, although a lot of us have wanted this. This should have happened before Congress flipped in 2018, 2019, and it was unfortunate that they did not pass that. The super PAC is interesting, and I'm going to keep tabs on USCCA new efforts, and maybe we'll have someone from their organization on to talk about this. But I'm excited by the prospect. Like I said, I'm not optimistic about federally these bills passing, but moving to the third story... I am encouraged by individual states passing conceal carry or passing constitutional carry bills, and Texas is going to be the next state to do it most likely. There has been some hesitancy among some Republican members who purport to be for the Second Amendment, but according to a midnight vote that was just voted on the 23rd, there has been some movement in the positive direction for Texas constitutional carry. And this kind of follows the lead of Montana passing this. Utah also passed this as well. And a handful of other states this year have been passing constitutional carry, especially in the event of just different obstacles we're seeing federally. We also, kind of unrelated, but maybe I'll recap this sometime next week, but uh, the ATF nominee, David Chipman, will be questioned and examined tomorrow in Congress, and he would be a very bad appointment given just past statements, recklessness that he has endorsed, past positions, and hopefully all Republican lawmakers who claim to be for the Second Amendment are going to oppose his nomination. But that's an aside. The author of the Texas reciprocity bill, Matt Schaefer of Tyler, Texas, announced that there was a deal reached for constitutional carry. In terms of it coming about on Friday afternoon, there's a Senate sponsor, Charles 
Schwartner of Georgetown, Texas, and they had issued a statement acknowledging the agreement. And before midnight on Sunday, the Texas House approved the deal in an 82 to 62 vote. And they say the Senate is expected to approve the new version soon. And this is from the Texas Tribune because the other article I was looking at was behind a paywall. And the statement reads from the bill sponsor, Schaefer says, quote, by working together, the House and Senate will send Greg Abbott the strongest Second Amendment legislation in Texas history and protect the right of law-abiding Texans to carry a handgun as they exercise their God-given right to self-defense and the defense of their families. And the article also says that Abbott has said he would sign into law a constitutional carry proposal. House Bill 1927 would eliminate the requirement for Texas residents to obtain a license to carry handguns if they're not barred by state or federal law from possessing a gun and the there is a com, there's an accompanying text of the compromise that was released on sunday i will link to that in the show notes for y'all to read and it keeps intact a number of changes that the senate made to the house bill to assuage concerns from the law enforcement community including striking a provision that would have barred cops from questioning someone based solely on their possession of a handgun and some context about uh concealed carry bills, constitutional carry bills, there is opposition from law enforcement, which makes no sense to me, but you do see that. And also a lot of people worry that if there is no, if there is permitless carry, it's going to lead to the wild west, like these crazy situations of draws and more violence. But numerous studies point to the fact that the presence of more lawful handguns or lawful firearms in the possession of people, the less crime that there is witnessed. So you're not going to see this rise of crime. Also, Tennessee just passed constitutional carry as well. I forgot to mention that, but these states have passed constitutional carry and they haven't really seen an uptick in crime. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you have enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. If you like the show and you're really enjoying our guests, you're enjoying the topic discussions, I encourage you to leave some reviews on Apple or wherever you're listening, especially on Apple since we have 60% of our listenership there. It goes a long way for getting us more notice for people to discover the podcast. And please feel free to share the podcast if you feel inclined and you like the content. I'd be grateful if you did and share the good word because it is really hard sometimes with just so much content out there, the news cycle just being ever-changing to have content go out there. So I'd appreciate your sharing of the podcast if you can and feel inclined. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And if I don't put out a podcast tomorrow, Wednesday, I probably will touch upon the feelings I will have or kind of my assessment of David Shipman's questioning before Congress, like I had alluded to in the podcast, because this ATF nominee would be a disaster given his just past track record, his statements, just the recklessness with which he's operated and just other questionable facets of him. He's closely aligned with Giffords, Gabby Giffords' organization, and supports gun control. Not really someone you want at the helms of the ATF, if I can be honest. So I may break down the findings from that hearing either tomorrow, or if you don't hear it from me tomorrow, Monday, we will do an assessment of David Shipman's hearing for nomination to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. All right. Thanks for listening this week. Make sure to subscribe, leave some reviews, and share the good word. Stay tuned for next week's episodes.